Welcome to Building a Life of Prayer with Pastor David Beatty of River Oaks Community Church, taking you through the prayers of the Bible so that you can grow in your confidence and enjoyment of prayer. Thank you for joining me today as we talk about building our prayer lives. We've been looking at the patterns for prayer found in the New Testament book of Acts. In the first 12 chapters of Acts, the primary figure is the Apostle Peter. But that changes after Acts chapter 12, and the primary figure becomes the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle becomes one of the greatest people of prayer whose account is recorded for us in Scripture. Now, we've already seen in Acts chapter 16 the account of Paul and Silas praying and singing hymns while they were in prison. And we've seen that God responded with a great miracle that ultimately brought about their release. Following this, we see Paul's growing leadership in the early Christian church. And in Acts chapter 20, we have the account of his meeting with the elders of the church in Ephesus. After giving them instructions and before his departure, we read these words in Acts chapter 20, verses 36 through 38. And when he had said these things, and the he is referring to Paul, and when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. Now, as we continue reading through the book of Acts, we see Paul getting persecuted for his ministry for Jesus Christ. Ultimately, he is arrested and he is traveling by ship where he is ultimately to appear before Caesar to make his case. But while on the ship, the vessel encounters a terrible storm at sea and the people on the ship are certain that they're going to be lost. But we read these words in Acts chapter 27, beginning in verse 22. This is Paul Uh, talking, beginning in verse 21, rather. Paul says, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold... God has granted you all those who sail with you. Paul continues, So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. Remarkable. Paul, who's walking in close fellowship with God, who's praying, hears from an angel that not only will his life be saved, but that God has given him everyone on the ship. Well, it came about just as Paul said it would. The ship was broken up, but everyone on the ship was saved, and they landed on a small island uh, holding on to pieces of wood from the ship and so forth, an island called Malta. We read there on the island that in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. 
Here we see Paul, the man of prayer, who's been imprisoned, who's been shipwrecked, now on the island, and he is still praying for people. Paul would later write that it wasn't his power that healed the man, not speaking specifically of this, but his ministry at large, he writes, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Paul, the man of prayer, was mightily empowered by the Holy Spirit, and we see in him what we've seen already in the book of Acts, that God works in great power through people who pray.